Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Good chef. Nope. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Why the f do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Dicker versus the Hurricane, who would win? Dicker, Dicker. Dicker. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane Dicker. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan Johns, with you as the Bears look to head to Chicago West, where it'll be a home game against the L.A. Chargers this weekend. You ready, Johns? It's a home game for everybody out there, I feel like. Except it is, Chargers. I think a certain there's certain teams like I'd say the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Bears, the Packers, Eagles. Like when they when they go in there, especially to play the Chargers, yeah, the Eagles would probably qualify too. It's uh, it like there might as well not be Charger fans there. Big stadium, hundred thousand yeah. seats, half full of Bears fans, and nobody will enjoy that more than our friend Patrick Finley. Former Chargers fan, who I don't really know where he falls on that. He he, uh, I think where, he, where's our friend Patrick Finley? I think he's over it. Pat Finley, Chicago Sun Times Bears beat reporter, San Diego native, San Diegan, San Diegan. <laughs> Is that from Anchorman? <laughs> Kinda, I think I, I might have butchered it a little bit, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, who cares? Um. Welcome in, Adam Hogue. Adam Johns here. Follow us on Twitter. Also, our show account, at Hogan Johns. And you can find all our merch up at HoganJohns.com. Got some new stuff up there. The winter hats. Winter is coming. You're going to want to order those now. Maybe you'll have them by next week when uh, I saw one day the high is like 39. So it's 70 out right now. It'll be 39 before you know it. All the winter hats are up there. We got some new styles as well. Check those out. Of course, hoodies. Uh... You know, and if you know, you're still in the golf season, I had some people tweet at me yesterday. They're still playing golf. We still got the polos out there. Order those as well. So, all right. I know, John, you want to talk about Darnell right here off the top a little bit. Some concerns about his injury situation. Uh, what are you concerned about? Well, his left arm, his left yeah. shoulder. Because <laughs> I, I know you watch the, clo- uh, the film closely. He, on some snaps, looked like he was playing with one arm and still moving massive human beings with his right. Yeah, there was one very impressive play. It's Max where, Crosby, right? Where he's yeah. driving him with his just right arm and his left arm looks dead. Yeah, he takes his right arm and just like kind of moves Crosby like 10 yards over to the left, clearing a path, um, which is one, definitely one of those football gasm moments. Football gasm. 
Yes. For me, where I'm like, oh, <laughs> that was cool. It's getting inappropriate here, but okay. Yeah, yeah I know what you're saying. It's a great yeah. play. But then, the, but then you come down from that, right? And you're like, oh, no, he's actually really hurt. Yeah. And this is probably not great. So on that scramble from Tyson Bajan and completion to DJ Moore, I think like for 15 yards, if you watch that play, Darnell Wright trips over the right leg, right foot of uh, who the te- it's Tevin Jenkins right there, right guard. So he, he trips over him and gets shoved too at the same time. So he goes down, looks like he's like shot by a sniper, just goes down. Yeah. And then he gets up slowly holding his, his left arm. So something went wrong for him physically on that play. He just tripped, but didn't feel right getting up on it. And then later he gets stepped on, which I believe is the toe injury. He ended up on the injury report yesterday. It said shoulder and toe. And I noticed that on film too, that um, he was stepped on. So I'm just assuming that that's, you know, that's where the toe injury happened. So guys beat up. Um, I think there's a lot of things to love about Darnell, right? Right now. I think he's been the bears best offensive lineman. Um, through this season so far. And uh, it'd be great if they can get Braxton Jones back out there this week. I don't know if he's going to come back that fast, but it'd be great. I mean, Tevin Jenkins did. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's on the table, but you also don't want to lose Darnell Wright at the same time. So it'll be interesting how they manage him. It did not surprise me. He did not practice yesterday. Wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't practice today too. Um, But you also want to be careful there, right? Like, you don't want to do long-term damage to a rookie that looks pretty damn promising right now. Yeah, very promising. Very promising. I mean, if you just look back at his film from week one until now, I mean, his fundamentals have improved. The power, the natural athleticism is there. I know everybody's still... Some people get bent out of shape about the Jalen Carter pick, but the Bears got a good one at Darnell, right? Really good player right there. Yeah. Well, both can be true. Both players can be really, really good. Yeah. And um, I think both both teams should be happy about the players that they ended up with. Um, and Jalen Carter missed a game, too. And then he came back, and I think he got a pressure on the very first play last week. Um, so uh, Darnell Wright's looking like a great pick. There's no question about it. And um, at the same time, because he's that important, you want to make sure he's healthy. And especially when you got a young rookie quarterback out there, um, that's another thing. Like, let's say Darnell Wright can't play this week. Braxton Jones returns. Well, now Larry Borum's got to go over to the right side, right? But that's the job of being a swing tackle. And they, I think they got by okay with Larry Borum out there at left tackle. I, I mean, it certainly could have been worse. I think he did the, did the job of a swing tackle. It's not going to be perfect. Um, but also, you can say all that and be like, he's still kind of the weak weak link on the line. So it's, it's uh it'll be good to get Braxton Jones back. If they can do that. Uh, anything else before we want to jump into our chargers preview here? No, no, let's talk Tyson Bajan here soon. Okay. We'll get into some Bajan stuff. Um, but first we got to talk about Herbert, Justin Herbert, where this chargers team is at our old friend, Brandon Staley, somewhat on the hot seat here. It looks like in Los Angeles, uh, Daniel Popper, who's been on the show before, he covers the Chargers for the Athletic. This is another West Coast interview. So, John Z handled it yesterday. I mean, what? What is it like in the Athletic contract that West Coast writers can't wake up early with us? <laughs> yeah, I barely wake up early for us. Well, that's true. 
But come on. I think if you are a West Coast reporter, you should know by now that especially not, not even for Chicago. Like, what about these guys on the what about what about, you know, in Philly or New York? Like, wake up at 5 a.m. and do these interviews. Yes. Make it work for us. Come on. We're slacking here. No, it's all good. Um, There's a thing called the record button and. You can pretty much do anything at any time now. So John Z had a conversation with Daniel Popper yesterday, and here you go. All right, let's bring in Daniel Popper, the Chargers writer for The Athletic. You can follow him on X, on Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Daniel R. Popper, P-O-P-P-E-R. Daniel, what's going on? Not too much. Thanks for having me. So here in Chicago, we have well Tyson Bajan. He is... The Bears undrafted rookie division two starter. Justin Fields does look like he's about to play. But question for you, what the heck is going on with Justin Herbert? Yeah, kind of worked through the offensive issues in a piece I, I wrote yesterday for The Athletic. Um, you know, he's got this fractured finger in his non-throwing hand. And I think initially you look at it, you say non-throwing hand shouldn't be an issue but it's clearly on his mind, and I think that's impacted sort of how he's playing. I mean, he's been under 60% completion in only 13 games in his career. Three of them have come in the last three games since he suffered that injury in the second half against the Raiders. The way he's handling the football um, under center is an issue. The way he's handling the football after taking shotgun snaps is an issue. And as we know, like covering the league, like at quarterback, you're talking about tenths of a second less than that. And that time matters. And so if you're second guessing how you're holding the football, when you catch a shotgun snap, that's going to potentially throw off your accuracy. It's going to potentially throw off how you're dealing with pressure. So that's been a little bit of an issue. The other thing you have to look at is he's been the most pressured quarterback in the league since Corey Lindsley, you know, ended up on the non-football illness list after week three. So we're talking about these last three games where we've seen the offense sort of stumbling. He's been pressured on over 45% of his dropbacks. Um, no team has a higher pressure rate over that span. So, you know, one of the things that's made Justin Herbert great early on in his career is how he's able to mitigate pressure. He has a very low um, sack to pressure rate, despite the amount of times he's pressured, um, but it's getting to him and it's impacting them um, in third down situations. And it's impacting them in these end of game situations that have obviously become a talking point as he hasn't really been able to get it done in some of those two minute situations. The third thing I would bring up and sorry for the long winded answer, but okay. as you know, everything with everything with football is nuanced when you're talking like about general questions like this, they can't run the ball consistently. And so you have a team that's given up a ton of pressure related to that as a fact that they can't run the ball and they can't get opposing defenses off balance. I think that really came to the forefront against Dallas, who I think has the best front in the league. Um, they couldn't run the ball against Dallas and those pass rushers teed off um, and it was really, really ugly. And so if you can't run the ball, your quarterback's uncertain in, in a finger um, and you're giving up a ton of pressure, like that'll lead to a, a downturn in performance. And then I think we've seen Justin Herbert miss some throws that he usually doesn't doesn't miss. And I think you can sort of pin some of that on the finger, but some of it on just, you know, not performing. Have they considered giving him like a, a week off, like time to to feel right, get right? Doesn't sound like that's like the type of player he is, but just for the for the bigger picture of things. Yeah, I mean, it's no. The answer to that is no, because their their other option is Easton Stick. And so, you know, Justin Herbert at 75% is still a better option. I mean, I go back to last year. The guy had fractured rib cartilage, um, which just sounds like the most painful injury. And he played through that and didn't miss a snap. Um, so, And, like, I think a lot of people in the building with what Justin went through last year with that rib injury – 
I think it, they felt like it built a lot of character in him, you know, forcing him to work through that kind of adversity. Um, you know, I remember talking to the former quarterbacks coach at the end of the year and saying like, this was really necessary for Justin's development as a quarterback. And so, you know, I, you know, it's affecting him, but I think part of it is that he just has to learn how to play with it. Um, and then you're going to see some more consistency. So they're not considering that. I think it's a situation where they're like, he's just got to sort of figure it out because we don't have, you know, options behind him that are going to give us as good of a chance to win football games. And I know it's early six, seven games, you know, just one preseason training camp together, but that, that pairing with like Kellen Moore, I thought it was like, wasn't it highlighted a lot? Like in the, in the buildup of this year, like this could work out like some, some grand things. It could take, he could take the next step in his career. Like, what are you seeing thus far, you know, through the almost the halfway point of the season? Yeah. I like what I'm seeing schematically. I like what I'm seeing creatively, creatively, I should say. Um, you know, he's, I think he's a good coordinator. The, the problem is, you know, they built this offense in a certain, with a certain vision in mind. And part of that vision was, okay, we're going to really major in 11 personnel and, and use these three really good receivers that we have between, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams and, and Josh Palmer, <clears throat> Mike Williams goes down with the torn ACL in week three. And now everything kind of changes they have a first round receiver in Quentin Johnson. They're trying to figure out, you know, the best way to use him, how to get him on the field. I don't think they're using him particularly well, which is one knock that I would put against Kellen Moore and the coaching staff in general. Um, but you lose a guy like Mike Williams and all of a sudden you have to change how you want, how you want to attack defenses. And so they're kind of working through that um, is the best grouping 11 personnel with Quentin Johnson in there with, with Palmer and Allen. Maybe is it 12 personnel, you know, where you can get Donald Parham and Gerald Everett on the field at the same time, maybe, but they don't really have the run blocking um, from their tight ends. Uh, it was an issue last year. They did nothing to bolster that group and it's still an issue. And so, you know, you're in 12 personnel. Maybe you, you like that group of pass catchers better, but you have to be able to run the ball out of 12 personnel because it's got to be deception and play action to be successful out of that grouping. Um, and so I think they're sort of working through all of that right now to sort of figure out you know, the best way to, to, to move forward and what what's the best grouping. And like, I'll go back to Corey Lindsley and listen, like a lot of people will get on me because it's like, no one wants to hear about injuries, but they matter. Like it's impossible to talk about teams um, performance without bringing up some of these injuries. Cause when you go from an all pro level center, one of the smartest centers in the league to, you know, a replacement level player and will clap like that matters. It does. And like, you cannot There's a ripple avoid, effect. Absolutely. You cannot, you cannot avoid talking about it. Like I kind of, I, the way I frame it is like, to me, there's differences between explanations and excuses. I've written about this before. I, like, I'm not saying that it's an excuse for how they're playing, but it certainly is an explanation, you know, for how they're playing. And so when you lose all of that and your quarterbacks, like losing confidence in, in his physical abilities because of this finger injury, like that's all going to matter. But from a structure standpoint, schematic standpoint, like I think it's sound. I think it's good. I've seen a lot of creative play calling. I've seen him, you know, trying different things. The next step, the next iteration for me is like, get your first round receiver involved. Like everybody knew coming into the season based on Quentin Johnson's college tape that he was not going to be an elite route runner. He was raw and there was going to be, he was going to need some time to develop the nuance to play receiver in the NFL. But what he does have is tremendous explosive ability with the ball in his hands. And so there's an easy way to, to, you know, maximize his, his talents, like get him on crossers, get him on digs, get him on slants, get him on jet sweeps. Instead, he's running like through uh, week six, like 40% of his routes were goes and posts, which is like, yeah, he can get to that part of the field, but like you're not really taking advantage of his skill set. And so I think they need to get him more involved. I think 11 personnel is the answer. And I think it's it's find a way to really maximize Quentin Johnson's explosive traits through the schematics. And I think that's sort of the next step and iteration that, that I think a lot of fans, Chargers fans want to see from 
from Kellen Moore. So on the other side of the ball, to use my phrasing of the first question, like what the heck is going on with Brandon Staley's defense? It's bad. Like it's just bad, straight up. Like year three was supposed to be the step for this group. Um, you know, the Chargers spent more cash on their defense than any team in the NFL in 2022. Um, it never really came to fruition because of injuries. You had JC Jackson, you know, rupture his patellar tendon in week seven. Joey Bosa tore his groin in week three. And, and so you can sort of use that as an explanation. Um, but this was the year. Like, it had to come together. Brandon Staley was hired um, in part because of what he did with that Rams defense and because he was seen as this visionary defensive coach. And they're worse now than they've ever been in Brandon Staley's tenure on an EPA per play basis. Like, that's just it's hard to to look at that and say like yeah um you know this is working and this guy is giving us an advantage on the defensive side of the ball they're 31st in epa per play 31st in epa per, per drive and the real issue is the pass defense which is what he's supposed to specialize in um they're not connected um on the back end i think their linebackers are are struggling in coverage um and it's really led to like a ton of explosive plays and a ton of lapses on the defensive end I think they're pressuring the quarterback okay. I think the run defense is good, um, but they're just lost in coverage right now, and they need to figure out how to simplify all of this and and get these guys playing a little bit faster because there's just it just looks like there's a ton of confusion on the back end with the variety of in complexity of coverages and and it's allowing every team to 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 you know absolutely destroy them in the passing game. And I think the biggest issue is like when you go in as a defensive football coach, like you want to take away what the other team does best but they keep getting hit with what the other team does best. Whether you look at Tyree Kill going off for 200 plus yards, you go up, Justin Jefferson had 150, CD Lamb had 117, um, you know, Travis Kelsey had 179. Like, like, you know exactly what the other team's going to do and whatever plan you're coming up with is not doing enough to take away the other team's right hook. Um, and you're just getting hit with it over and over and over again. It's a big reason why they're two and four. So if you have uh, DJ Moore on your fantasy team, you're expecting big things this week. I, yeah. I take it against the Chargers yeah, no, defense. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if history this season has told us anything, it's that what the other team's best receiver is going to go off. So, so Staley's like an interesting conversation here in Chicago, because when, when we last saw him, I know we've brought this up in conversation before the bears, former outside linebackers coach under Vic Fangio. Um, just like out of curiosity, like how is he handling it? Maybe the pressure here, having only two wins, right? Only two wins this season so far in, yeah, in, a year where everyone maybe, you know, thought maybe deep playoff run or, or even Super Bowl. Like, how is he handling everything? Yeah, I mean, you're right on it. Like, that was those were certainly the expectations from ownership. Like, make the playoffs, compete for the AFC West, win a playoff game. Like, I think that was sort of the bare minimum. They're out of the division. It's not even Halloween. Like, the Chiefs are 6-1. and one. They're 2-4. and four. They've already lost the Chiefs. And I think you look at the rest of the schedule, and it's like, I, I just don't see any way that they can t- contend for the division. Um, and I think considering those expectations, there's obviously pressure on everyone. You know, there's pressure on Brandon Staley. There's pressure on general manager Tom Telesco, who's in his 11th season. He has two playoff wins. Um, and, and and that pressure is going to affect how people operate. Um, I think he's handling it well, um, all things considered. Um, but, like, it has to start producing results. And so, like, what I want to see is, like, okay, like, Brandon Staley as a defensive coach in terms of his philosophy really believes in complexity, Right tons of disguise, tons of pre-snap and post-snap rotation, a ton of different kinds of coverages, pattern match, zone, uh, you know, single high, two high, rotations, all this different kind of stuff. It On a whiteboard, I'm sure it, it looks 
Sterling, absolutely perfect, fantastic. But can your players execute it? And I think what we've seen in three years is that it's it's very difficult to execute this defense at a high level when you don't have premium, premium players like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Um, and so I think he's handling it well to answer your question, but he needs to come to terms with the fact that like a simpler version of this defense is going to allow his guys to play better. And that's really what happened at the end of last year when they won four games in a row, made the playoffs really on the back of their defense. He really simplified things, leaned into the coverages that his players could really play at a high level, and it led to success. And I think that's what needs to happen right now, or else this season is really going to spiral out of control if it hasn't already. Well, well, Cleo Mack is supposed to be a premium player, right? I mean, that's what the contract says. That's what history says. But he had six sacks in one game against Aiden O'Connell, correct? Against the correct. the Raiders, yep. and then he has yep. one sack in in the other game. It's like, what are yep. you seeing? Like, what are the what are the Chargers getting from Mack at this stage in his career? Yeah, I, you know, when they made that trade, I was the way I sort of framed it was if they could get eighty five percent of the player Khalil Mack was at his best, it's still worth the trade. And I think over the course of these two seasons, I, I think he's been that. You know, eighty five percent of that is not. You know, he's. You know, it's not like top five slam dunk, top five edge rusher, right? I, I don't think that's what he is anymore. But I think he's defended the run really well. I think he's he's shown a capacity to to influence the game as a pass rusher. Um, you know, but the pass rush overall just didn't show up against the Chiefs. I don't think you can pin that exclusively on Khalil Mack. I just don't think any of them rush well. They didn't create enough pressure, and they certainly did not keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. I, the, in, when I look at this defense, I don't consider the pass rush a, a big weakness. You know, I actually consider it a strength, and I think a big reason for that is their rookie Tuli Tupelotu has come on as like a legitimate, legitimate player, and they're able when they when they can stop the run and get to third and third and long, second and long, they can bring this package on the field with Joey Bosa, Tuli Tupelotu, and Khalil Mack with Tuli kind of moving around as a little rover piece and, and kind of finding the one-on-one matchups. That's been highly, highly successful. Like you're talking about in terms of pressure rate, like the second best, you know, four, four rusher grouping in the league. Like they're producing pressure over 50% of the time. Their sack rate's 25%. So like I, I think that the pass rush is good enough. I think Khalil Mack has been sort of what they expected when they traded for him. Like I didn't think they were expecting him to be defensive player of the year, but I think he's really been 85% of what he was at his best in his career. Um, the issue is on the back end, you know, and you're going to have up and down games in terms of pass rushing, especially when you go up like a decent offensive line, like the chiefs. And especially when you go up against a quarterback, like Patrick Mahomes, who's really good at alleviating pressure and then turning those plays into explosives. Um, so I, I think he's been fine. The issue defensively is really on the back end, figuring out how you tighten up the coverage and come up with a plan that your players can execute in the back end. You, you mentioned Bosa, like an, another big name. If you had to put like a percentage on on him, Khalil Mack at eighty five percent. Like, where is Bosa? I guess in relation to what his star power used to be, or have the injuries just changed him forever? Yeah, it, it's a, it's an interesting question because. Bosa tore his groin in week three of last year, had surgery, sat out most of the season, came back in week 15, week 16. And, and he talked to reporters in the locker room that week for you know 15 minutes, just saying like, you know, I've had serious problems in my core, abdomen, groin area for most of my career. I had issues on both sides. It was chronic pain. It was preventing me from working out the way that I wanted to work out. I feel now like this is all fixed and I feel better than I felt in a long, long time, probably since I was like a rookie or my second year in the league. And so you hear those types of things from a player and you're like, wow, okay, this could really mean, you know, a, a resurgence. Right. 
And then he injures his hamstring in week one. He breaks his toe and someone steps on him in week three. And he's not even playing a full-time role right now. Like, like you guys, when you watch the game on Sunday, you'll likely see Tule Tupelo to starting the game and playing the bulk of snaps. And right now, Bosa's kind of in like a rotational role. Now, it's because of injuries. Um, but that's, I think, very disappointing for the organization because they're paying him a ton of money. Um, and at the end of the day, like, you know, people can sit here and say that Khalil Mack isn't the player that he was, but he's been out there for every single game and he's been playing. 85 90% of the snaps every single game and he hasn't missed time and like that's a really important thing like it's a cliche but it's true like availability is the best ability and that has not been the case for Joey Bosa especially over these last two years and when you're talking about his performance I think you sort of have to have to start there so Justin Herbert is struggling the Chargers defense might be really bad a lot of questions in the secondary and and yet they're Nine and a half point favorites, <laughs> I, I think, right? Eight, and it was nine and a half last I saw it against the Bears. I know it's Wednesday. I'm recording this at Hallis Hall. Tyson Bajan still has yet to speak this week. But when you look at this matchup, what do you see and what do you think? Yeah, I think nine and a half is a lot. I'm not a betting man, but feels like a lot. I mean, the Chargers just tend to play in, in these close games and, and they just start, they make too many mistakes in all three phases to really separate in that manner. Um, you know, even when they've been able to create double digit second half leads this year and last year, I don't want to bring up Jacksonville, but it's been a theme. They just tend to, um, you know, lack the type of complementary football necessary to um, really separate and close games out. You know, it's been a theme of this season specifically that when the offense is playing well, the defense is struggling. When the defense is playing well, the offense is struggling. When both defense and offense are playing well, the special teams you know, comes out and gives up a 50 yard punt return that, that flips the game. And so, you know, I'm expecting a tight game. I'm going to expect a tight game against every team this year, just because I haven't seen what I need to see from the chargers um, to really separate and close games out. And I think all of the issues that we've discussed here over the last 17 minutes plus, like, I think you, you can't look at the chargers and say, despite all the talent that they're a team that can really separate and blow a team out. And so, you know, I would expect it to be close. I mean, you go back to like the Raiders game, right? Aiden O'Connell was making his first career start. And they were three yards away from tying that football game up. They needed an interception from Asante Samuel Jr. So uh, to, to close that game out. And so it doesn't really matter who's on the other side. The Chargers are going to play in close games because they really lack consistency in all three phases. So they are. So they are. I yeah. just double checked it. Eight and a half currently it on Wednesday. Like a lot. Yeah, yeah we'll, like we'll a see lot. if it moves a bit. Um, Daniel, thank you so much. Um, we'll be sure to check out your stuff this week, you know, for the buildup for the Chargers-Bears game on Sunday night. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. 
If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to roan.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Adam, I, I think the uh, what struck me most is that you still have like this electric, outstanding young quarterback, and yet things can be quite bad, can't they, when the defense... Isn't doing its job. The offensive line isn't working at injuries um, and whatnot. So just interesting conversation. If you look at Justin Herbert's last three games, they're not good. Look at the pass ratings. They're not good at all. Um, they're struggling. They're struggling. And yes, I think every team, most teams, except maybe five or six, would take Justin Herbert as their quarterback. But if the situation is bad around them. You know, it takes really special players in the right moments of their career to overcome a lot of stuff. Yeah, and you can just kind of tell that things are uh, in flux there in, in L.A. And I can't imagine what it's like to have a quarterback of Herbert's caliber, and he got paid already, right? Like, So he's already got the big contract, and he's struggling the way he is. Now, he does have that injury on his left hand. It's not his throwing hand, but he's got that weird like kind of glove that goes over his banged up middle finger that has this, clearly has a splint on under it so less under center 
kind of limits some of the things you can do. I don't know how much that's affecting him or whatever. Uh, Mike Williams being out. Um, but all that being said, I look at the roster. I'm like, there's a lot of good players on this team, you know, and even on that offensive line, like Rashawn Slater to me is still one of the best linemen. Um, but it's like, why are they not getting more out of them? And defensively, since that's Brandon Staley's specialty, like they they really seem to struggle in zone coverage and confused on where they're supposed to be. They seem to struggle in general. Thirty-first uh, passing defense in the league. Yeah, uh, Travis Kelsey was mic'd up last week, and uh, that was last week when they played the Chargers, right? Yeah, that was the last game, and. Um, He's he called out at the snap, cover zero, cover zero, and then they beat it. And then the I forget which DB was on him, but he's like, "How'd you know that was zero? He's like, "I've been here a long time, man." <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the clip of him barking at the the Chargers defense after a, a run play? Oh yeah, 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 the bar- yeah, literally barking. Yes, like yeah. a dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not barking like talking smack. Literally barking. Um, all right. Should we get Three to our big, question? big questions. Number one, what type of performance would it take from Tyson Bajan for you, Adam Hogue, to think that the Bears might have a good old-fashioned QB controversy on their hands? Um, like, Give me some numbers. Well, look, we you got to go over at least 200 yards. Well, obviously. Yeah, maybe a lot more like two fifty. Um, but I'm not sure the numbers really matter. Like, I think, I think all this is going to take, if we're being honest, is the Bears to win again. How about a two minute game winning drive where Cairo Santos comes on and kicks like a 35 yard field goal for the win, but it starts on the Bears' own. 25 and Tyson Beijing completes three or four passes in prime time in the most important moments of the game to get them in field position for the win. Like what would that mean to him mean to the bears? And what would that do to the conversation around town here? Well, and that's the thing, like essentially by doing that, he would be doing what fields has mostly failed to do. And I think there has been a couple of games where fields has put him in position to win. And, you know, either Darnell Mooney drops that pass against Washington last year or, you know, uh, he doesn't get the the help he needs. Like he should have had the win in Pittsburgh two years ago. Um, but at the end of the day, like I, this is about winning. This is about executing a game plan. And to me, it's not necessarily about the numbers. It's just about putting your team in position to win the football game. And so, like, don't turn the ball over again operate the offense, even if he's like basically man, he's just like kind of game managing. That's basically what he did last week. But if it results in a big W on Sunday night, like I was wrong. I think Sunday when we, when I said, uh, if they go beat the chargers, it'll lead every ESPN show the next day about how the bears have a quarterback controversy. And that started last Monday. 
Yeah. I woke up Monday and they were already talking about it. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I'm like, I not, didn't know not anybody just here was locally, here. not just here locally. But, Who was yeah. paying attention to this this Bears Raiders game? I didn't yeah. expect that. And that they were still like even Monday, like they're talking they're talking about it all over the place. So that I, I think it just comes down to the W. Now, the, the follow-up question, right, is is there really a quarterback controversy? And if Fields Bears win Sunday night, Bajan plays well. But Fields is ready to go against the Saints. Fields is playing against the Saints. There's no question in my mind about that. Can I give you some numbers before the next question? So opposing quarterbacks are averaging a 68.3 completion percentage against the Chargers defense. 310 passing yards per game. Two touchdown passes per game. And a 105.6 passer rating. Against that. So, just saying, the numbers could be pretty good for Tyson Bajan. Number two, are you buying or selling the Bears' recent success on defense? Uh, I'm buying it to a point. Like, I don't think this defense is going to, you know, become the 2018 Bears under Vic Fangio, at least not this year. And I don't think. Really, overall, that's going to happen either. Like, if you go back and really look at Flues' defenses and Indy, like, they were top 10 worthy, but they weren't, this is the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. I think one year he was top five, right? Yeah, maybe. But I, I do think that there's a legitimate trend here. Um, Now, have they played the best quarterbacks? Not necessarily. But as much as I get on your guy, Kirk Cousins, I mean, he sure put up a lot of numbers against the 49ers the other night. And the Bears shut him down, too. So I, I am definitely buying this recent success. I think it's trending in the in the right direction. I'm with you. There's enough data to tell you that the Bears are, are, are good at, at stopping the run. Obviously, they need to show up the pass defense, but the secondary... It's finally a egg close to full strength. Well, I'm still not buying their ability to get after the quarterback. No, that's true. That's true. Number three, if you're GM Ryan Poles, would you pursue any players? Not trade any players. Pursue any players in a trade. How about a pass rusher? Yeah, I mean, if it's the right price. Um, I would definitely not give up a first round pick or anything. Second round pick, I can be talked into that. Like, what do we reason. think Daniel Hunter is going to go for? Vikings did a divisional trade last year with the Lions. Yeah. For Hawkinson. If you get a sense that the Raiders are, are entering rebuild mode, would you part with the, the second round pick from X, Crosby, a little bit more? Oh, that's going to take more than a second round pick. You think so? Yeah. Dude, Crosby's. Crosby's quietly one of the best there is. He's got some weaknesses to his game. He tends to over pursue a little bit and get out of position. But he works his tail off every snap. Yeah. No, that's that's at least a first rounder to me. Boy, if the Raiders have to do that again. Did they already pay him though? 
Yeah. So you're getting his contract too. Yeah. But the Bears don't have salary cap problems. I mean, just a if, thought. If you're asking me, yes, w- 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 would I like to have Ma- Max Crosby? Yes, I would. I would take that. But that's going to be expensive. You're not trading a top five pick for that. Over unders. This is from Terrence. Mentions of Max revenge game and the six sacks he had against the Raiders. One and a half. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he had more sacks that entire day than like the Bears D line has had but, the last two seasons. But he's only had one sack in all the other games he's played this year. Yeah. There's Aiden O'Connell. This is Tyson Bajan. Well, maybe, but <laughs> Bajan's is a little bit more mobile than Aiden O'Connell. I mean, I'll take the under. I think they maybe get one reference. Okay. Yeah. One reference. You'll get at least two Bears references or three Bears references of Cleo Max time. Though. Sure. Now, like, what about references to that his first game with the Bears against the Packers back in 18? Like, that would be a reference. Yeah. It's Sunday night football, so you're going to have a few more graphics and storylines shared. That was on Sunday night football, too, that game. It was. See? There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Juan Alvarez. References about Brandon Staley's tenure. With the Bears, two and a half. I almost say slightly over a three. Oh, really? See, I think I'll take the under. I think it's. I Just think one. it's like, yeah, he had a stop here. He was only the outside linebackers coach, but but the reason why it comes up is because he coached Mac. Yeah. Here, so maybe two. I, there, yeah. There's a lot of revenge game candidates. Jay Rogers, the Bears defensive line, former defensive line coach, is there. Yeah. John Timu is Jay Rogers' assistant. Did not know that. Yeah, I think Harry Heastan's son is on Brandon Staley's staff. Okay. Just throwing it out there. The more you know. Those are Kevin Fishbane fun facts. The more you know. This is from Billy. Over under the number of times secret Bajant man is mentioned. Not by Carm, but by the broadcasts. I think you get, you'll at least have one. Like, I think they'll play the song at least once, right? Yeah, they might. Not the the fan Carm song. They should play Carm no, song. No, no. The, the people turn off the TVs. TVs will just naturally like falter and break. They they might play the Swirsky song. That was Is good. That Dave, Dave Swirsky. Yeah, that's yeah. good. But I feel like, oh, you know what? You never know. Again, you get more in a Sunday night broadcast than you would other games. But I think you hear that tune at least once. If they played Carm song on the broadcast, even if it was like <sighs> two se- two seconds of it. I mean, we would have to fire Carm because he you would, would be, be, he would be insufferable for the rest be of life. Unable to work with the man. No, like just even this, this like seeing him. No, 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 no. You're you're done. This is like we can't go on. This is the peak. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Right off to the sunset, Carm. Just take it. Oh, that would be great. Number two, this is from Brandon. Over under two and a half and twenty plus air pass yards. I'm assuming this is for Tyson Bajan. Will he go deep in this game? Uh, two and a half, 20 plus air yard passes. I'm going to take the under. I do think he gets at least one, though, maybe two. I- I'm thinking he takes three shots against his bad defense. But do they connect? Well, they're going to go 20 plus yards in the air. Oh, so they don't necessarily have to be completed. Well, it's an open-ended question, I guess. Yeah, okay. I mean, if you're saying attempts, 
of 20 plus air yard passes, I would say over. I'm just not sure they're all going to be completed. Okay. Yeah. Some sniper. Over under shots of crying Chargers lady, one and a half. Oh, that'll be a over. Yes. Uh, way yeah. over. Way over, especially if Tyson Bajant is playing like secret Bajant, man. Does she have to be crying, though? Wasn't she usually just screaming? She's like usually happy, right? Yeah. Or did I miss but that whole str- thing? They're struggling. But just her in general, I would say over. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's do our our picks for this game. Gold predictions. Sunday night, NBC seven twenty. Bears at Chargers, eight and a half point spread. This spread's wild. Didn't it start at nine and a half? It did. Okay. I thought it would come down more than that, though. But you got a bold prediction for us? Yeah, I do. I do. Someone tweeted me one, and I liked it because I'm trying to find. There he is. This is from JF. One with the MVP somewhere else. Ooh, well, how about that for a Twitter handle? <laughs> um, over under Cole Komet TDs one and a half. I'm taking the over. Now that'd be a bold prediction. Wow, because Cole Komet did not have a touchdown or even a catch last week. Right. I think by law, Illinois state law, I'm not allowed to make bold predictions about Cole Komet anymore. I'm going to say Darnell Mooney. Touchdown reception. I tried this a few weeks ago. Did not go well. Um, I Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to say Roshan Johnson touchdown. Because so I think he comes back. And here's a quick thing I want to say about these running backs. I saw Finley. <laughs> you sound like you're about to throw him under the bus. Go ahead. I'm going to enjoy Well, that. he wrote a story yesterday about how Deontay Foreman does not deserve to lose touches if Roshan Johnson comes back, which I generally agree with the premise. But here's why he probably will. Pass protection. Coaches care about pass protection. And as good as Deontay Foreman looked last week, although for the love of God, can you stay in bounds on that screen? Roshan Johnson is the best pass protecting running back on the roster. He is going to be on the field when he comes back because of that. And I also, again, not trying to take anything away from Deontay Foreman, but how many running backs have we now seen in this offense the last two years? David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, Darrington Evans, Deontay Foreman. Am I missing anybody? No. That have looked good in this system. It's a good rush. It's a good rushing offense. Great rushing offensive line. Yes. Well, that's why. <laughs> well, but it's a scheme too. I think Getzy deserves credit for it. I think offensive line coach Chris Morgan deserves credit for it. So if I'm looking at it, like especially if my right tackle isn't out there this week, which I mean, hopefully he is. I'm going to want to add help. I'm going to pl- probably want to play more snaps for my pass protecting running back. So anyway, long story short, I think he gets reps. I think Roshan Johnson scores a touchdown. Okay. That's my bold okay, prediction. Get a bold. All right. Who you got in the game? Um, I think this matchup 
just in terms of being a confidence builder, like for Tyson Bajan to take the next step, to hang in the pocket a bit, little bit longer, to find deeper shots or take those deeper shots. I think it's just a great matchup for Tyson Bajan, like himself. I think the Bears' offensive line will actually hold up quite well. I know what Daniel Popper said about that rush package they put in, but I think the ball will still be out quickly. He'll negate that. I think they'll be in favorable third downs because of their run game. I don't think Cleo Mack is the player we think he can still be. Same with Joey Bosa. I'm still not picking the Bears to win because it, they are on the road. I know it's a semi-home game. They still have Justin Herbert, and you have to take all things in consideration. Justin Herbert's the better quarterback. But I think the Bears can cover in this one. So I'm going to go 27-24 Chargers right now. 27-24. Yeah, I, I, man, that's a lot of points all of a sudden, though, for this Bears defense, the way they've been playing. That's a good point. And then the over-under on points, I think, is like 46 and a half. Let me go 24-21. 24-21. Here's why I'm struggling with this game so much, because the problem the Chargers have been having is winning some of these close games and closing them out. Um, And I almost weirdly trust the Bears more in that situation, although we really haven't seen it, right? The two Bears wins were not really in doubt. Um, they blew the game against the Broncos. Well, I guess that would be the example where then they all of a sudden they needed a drive and they couldn't do it. But that was a different quarterback. I'm with you. Like I, th- I think this line is outrageous. I think the Bears cover. Um, but I think there's also a reason why it was set where it was. And as much as these Chargers are struggling, I think their roster overall is still more talented. Yeah, and. There's going to be adjustments to Tyson Bajan made this week. Brandon Staley's not an idiot, at least as a you know, defensive mind. Um, it is weird that he hasn't gotten more out of his defense, but I think they find a way to do enough that the Chargers ultimately win this game. Similar range, because I just I don't see the Bears giving up a ton of points. But yeah, let's say like what'd you say, 24-21? Yeah. I'll say 23-20. So in that range, yeah, my gut feeling says that like my gut says that Matty Bierflus's defense sooner than later is going to like deliver like a signature performance for him where it's just outstanding in the pass rush and like more takeaways. There'll be a couple there's the takeaways. They come in bunches and we saw some last week, but you'll see sacks like Jervon Dexter is going to have a sack a sack and a half. Demarcus Walker will get one. Like you'll see a game like that. I don't know if it's going to be this one. Could be the Saints, but I feel like it's coming because there's some good mojo there right now in that defense. Yeah. All right. Um, Johns has to run because life and things, and we have a short window to do this. He shared his picks with me, so I'm going to do. I'm going to share his picks before you go. Though there's a there's a there's a drop that we have to play that we have to we have to talk about this because I cannot believe it hasn't been talked about. And I was going to, and it was going to be used in this segment. So um, I don't know who this guy is, but this was an actual question asked at a press conference. Is there a preference either way to having the, you know, the hot guy coming from your backside or in front of you? <laughs> oh man. Adam Ogre. The most, 
the most remarkable part of that. I'll play it one more time. Is there a preference either way to having the you know the hot guy coming from your backside or in front of you? No one noticed it. I'm actually. I shouldn't say no up. one. I got one. I got one DM later in the day. I apologize for not having the name in front of me right now, but shout out to you. He's a Hogan Johns listener. He's the one who pointed it out to me later in the day. No one in that media room noticed it. I don't even think Luke Getzey noticed it. It's missing the Pat Finley. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You know, from the, the, the meat smoker. Yeah. Bit from a few years ago with Josh sitting. Who's the best um, meat smoker of your offensive line? <laughs> um, what do you mean by meat smoker? <laughs> that you're right. We need it. But even Pat didn't That's catch what it. we're missing. Pat's gotten a lot of play in this podcast, by the way. He does. Read his stuff. Chicagosuntimes.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, it, here's the deal. Isolated, that sounds horrible. In the context of the follow, I was asking a follow. Are you to, just trying to explain yourself right now? No, I'm explaining why no one noticed it. <laughs> I'm embarrassed by it. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Oh, man. It's still, you know, it's good. It's pretty good, Adam Hogan, but still not as good as J.J. Stankovitz, Dal Loggins' full conversation about growing packages and whatnot. Well, that's true, um, which I have somewhere. I mean, that was a, a back and forth for at least four or five minutes. You know, we're trying to expand his package. Has he struggled with expanding his package? <laughs> I love that you and I, at the end of the day, could still be teenage, boys, teenage yeah. boys in our <laughs> Yeah. We could so the do. other day, I know I got to run. So the other day, um, my son and I are watching the, um, uh, the playoff game. Who was playing? But... Um, the guy gets a hit and he runs down the line and everyone in the dugout starts doing like a like a dance with the, like this. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And I don't even know if this is the context of it, but then I for, for those listening to the podcast, uh, John just did something with his breasts. Like he's no, no, but it was lower. <laughs> it, but 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 they were doing it lower, <laughs> like 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 they were juggling, like something. the thing from Major League. And that's what I thought about exactly. The marbles. You have no marbles. Yeah, and, and the guys running down. First baseline saying, you know, marbles and, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. If, if Major League Two, I believe. Is yeah, that the, is Major League movie. Two. And he's, you know, juggling his marbles, going to first base and stuff like that. That's what I thought of. So you speak of, of 12 year olds. I explained that scene to my son after seeing that on live television. He is laughing now hysterically because he knows what marbles means. <laughs> I got to go. go. There you go. All right. John's has to go. Hey, guys. Here. He did uh, share his picks with me. We also have your voicemails to play because uh, we, uh, quite frankly, dropped the ball. Forgot to play them on Tuesday. So um, we'll go through the picks. So, again, both of us on record as picking the Chargers in a close one, but Bears covering. Um, Five other games to pick, as we always do. Fox, Noon, Rams at Cowboys. Cowboys, um, this cannot be right. I think John's has his in here wrong. He's got Cowboys as a six and a half point dog. I'm assuming they're a six and a half point favorite over the Rams. They got to be right. Um, I'm going to take the. I think I'm going to take the Rams to cover there. The Rams have been tough. I mean, they've shown Sean McVay has shown that he's still invigorated as a head coach. And. They've been I mean, they're, I don't think they're. 
Bill Simmons always talks about this thing, like who's the good bad team. I think the Rams might be the good bad team because I don't think they're very good, but they obviously still have a couple game changing players on that roster. Aaron Donald being one of them. Um, and they're hanging in there. Puka Nakua is unbelievable as this rookie wide receiver. Um, so I think they make enough plays to cover, but there's, uh, I'm still going to have the Cowboys win that game. The one word that stands out to me is complimentary football. Oh, by the way, Johns has the Cowboys as well. All right. Fox noon also going up against that Rams Cowboys game. Uh, I don't know. Used to be a big NFC North game. Both these teams not very good now. Um, Vikings at Packers. This one was interesting because of the Vikings played on Monday night. And when the Lions came out Sunday after the Packers lost in Denver, the Packers were two and a half point favorites, I believe, in this game. And I would have said, even in that moment, I would I'm like the wrong team's favorite here. The Vikings should be favored, even at Lambeau. Um and then, of course, the Vikings went out Monday night and beat the 49ers. Now, they are in a short week here. Letdown situation. Going to Lambeau. This is tricky spot. It's now a pick em. But, I, guys, I, we've talked about this all the time on the show. I, we, I, I mean, I, I think the Vikings have a big quarterback advantage here. Jordan Love has not been playing well. I don't think they have enough firepower offensively. Um, this feels like a game where it's just like, experience wins out so in a pick them i'm gonna take the vikings and john's also has the vikings so we agree on these first two picks point is uh those are some numbers all right also on fox at noon on panther watch right for the number one pick that the bears own texans at panthers you could say that this is maybe one of those games that the Panthers at home eke out. I think the Texans are maybe another one of those teams that's in the conversation as being one of those good, bad teams because um, they seem to be well coached. They're kind of playing better than they probably are overall from the roster standpoint. Shout out to CJ Stroud off to a good start. Panthers are three point home dogs here. And it would not surprise me if this is a, a, a closer game, but Really, the Panthers haven't shown much indication that they're going to win these games. And the Texans, again, are well coached. Even if this is close early, I think ultimately the Texans win out. Johns agrees. So we're three for three agreeing on these games so far. Both of us taking the Houston Texans. We are strong where we're strong right now, and we need to improve where we need to improve. CBS 325. 49ers coming up. Back-to-back losses to the Browns and the Vikings. They now host the Bengals. It's weird. I feel like these teams play every year somehow, even though they don't. But they definitely played like two years ago. 325, Bengals going 49ers. Bengals need a... They're 3-3, three and three and they're like... Right now look like the worst team in that very tough AFC North. 49ers are five and a half point favorites here. However, Brock Purdy in the concussion protocol. Not sure he's going to play. Sam Darnold would be next guy up. I think the Bengals are better than the record shown so far. Um, obviously, they're they're dealing with some issues. Burrow's been banged up, but they're coming off a rest. 
I'm taking the Bengals here um, to at least cover that. Would not surprise me if they win as well. Ultimately, I think the 49ers probably take care of business at home. Um, but five and a half is too much, especially if Sam Darnold's going to end up playing quarterback, which we don't know at this point, but uh, I'm going to take the Bengals. The philosophy is, is a kill philosophy. Keep it likable and learnable. So that's an acronym for not, you, you know what I'm talking about. Keep it likable and learnable. Monday night, ABC, ESPN. I can't remember if I said this. John's also had the Bengals. So four for four. But Monday night on uh, ABC and ESPN, Monday night football, 7-15, Raiders at Lions. Interesting Monday night selection here. Um, not a great game, but I still think it should be entertaining. Uh, of course, the Lions coming off that smacking last week that I definitely um, did not see coming. I, I, think, I thought the Lions would actually beat the Ravens. I did not understand why they were underdogs in that game. Well, I guess we learned a hard way. Maybe that's foreshadowing to this Bears-Chargers line. Um, but the Lions got killed. They're coming back home. Obviously, we saw the Raiders. So the Raiders, if they didn't show up in Chicago last week, didn't really seem like they wanted to be there. Now they got to fly all the way back to this area and play the Lions. Lions are eight-point favorites. I think it continues to go downhill for the Raiders. I think this is a get-right game for the Lions. They take care of business, and they ultimately cover that eight-point spread as well. John's also has the Lions. That does not happen a lot, but all five picks, we are in agreement here. Cowboys, Vikings, Texans, Bengals, and Lions as we make our picks for the week. We have to get to our voicemails as well, which we forgot to play on Tuesday. Definitely not going to go through the week without playing your voicemails. So here they are, your voicemails from the Bears win over the Raiders. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hogan Cat John Zippay, Bob Dabrowski calling in here, live from Soldier Field. Uh, the Bears are about to take on the Oakland Raiders. Um, you know, there's, they're going to play football. There's going to be uh, some offense. There's going to be a defense. There's going to be special teams. There's going to be all, all of the above. Uh, more than likely, one of the teams will win and one of the teams will lose. And then um, they'll do it again next week. Go Bears. All right, we're two minutes away from kickoff. I just know this is some BS game. The Bears are going to somehow win. I'm completely bought in. Greg Braggs and Mark Carmen talked me into it. Bear down. 21-16 Bears. 2-5, and five, Justin comes back. We win next week. We're 3-5. and five. Let's pose this pregame. Hey guys, I'm here and I'm ready to be hurt again. But if I'm hurt again, I'm not going to watch the rest of the season. Holy cow. Tremaine Edmonds just picked off Brian Hoyer. Bears defense is back. Matt Eberflus is back. Is Tyson Bajan a guy? 
the Bears win this game, this is going to be a hard week to be a Bears fan and a Justin Fields fan. Bear down. Tyson Bagent, the reincarnation of Tony Romo. You know, I've been playing Madden since 1988, and it's taught me clock management. What the f*** at halftime? Hey, Hogan Jones. Man, it's B-Man. I gotta say, this year has uh, grizzled me. I've aged 43 years in the past six weeks. There we are at halftime. Bears are up 14 to three, which is good. But does this mean a quarterback controversy is gonna happen? I just don't know how much I can take. Uh, I guess Justin Fields should be scared for his job right now. This undrafted rookie from a D2 is balling. No way! I just saw what I just saw. Bears defensive lineman with a sack, especially an interior defensive lineman. Who are these people? Pick six by JJ. It's about time, number 33, got an interception and a touchdown. Nice. 31 and six. Can't get any better than this. I can't believe it. Jalen Johnson got a pick six. Fantastic. Great game. Bear down. Hogan John. It's whiskey coke time, and it cheers to Jalen Johnson in the pick six, and then the Bears losing streak at home. I saw you, Jalen, making it rain after the score. What a game. Proud of Bajent. I'm in the Bajency. What about you, boys? Bear down. I can't think of a more Bears thing than possible than have our undrafted D2 QB come in, guns blazing, and screw up the tank commander job. I hate this team. What's up, Hogue? What's up, Johns? Ryan from Portland, Oregon. I have a little tradition when the Bears win. I play the fight song and take a victory shot of my lord. It's been a long time since that's happened, and it's been, it was so sweet today. Bear down. And just like that, we have a quarterback controversy. Man, B-Man, getting old on us. Real quick. That was a good voicemail. Enjoyed that very much. Also enjoyed Bob's breakdown of how football works. Very well done. Um, I, I, uh, that reminded me, I need to give my own dad a shout out because I forgot to mention this on, on two different podcasts now, but nine twenty six AM on Sunday, my dad texted me and said, I think the bears are going to do a very bearish thing today. I think they're going to blow away the Raiders when nobody expects them to win. So he didn't just have the bears winning. He per- correctly called that they were going to basically blow them away, which is essentially what happened. The Bears were in control the whole time. He said, luckily, I'm in a state where DraftKings doesn't work, so I can't waste my money. Um, He was in Minnesota visiting my sister, so he couldn't actually place a bet on the game. Too bad. Otherwise, he could have bet the Bears on the money line and gotten it right. Um, Here's the last thing I want to say before we get out of here and we go into this game against the Chargers. Just a little piece of advice. You can fan and root for whoever you want, however you want. Just enjoy it. That's all I'm saying is whoever the players are that are on the field for this game, you want them to play well. At least I would think you would. So whether it's Tyson Bajant or God forbid, Nathan Peterman has to come to the game at some point to throw a Hail Mary. Like you should, if you're getting mad because of, agent having success because of what it could potentially mean for Justin Fields. Like, just enjoy the fact that for a game, the Bears have good quarterback play. Two good quarterbacks would be better than zero. 
and we don't know that that's what Tyson Bajan is yet, but it's a heck of a story. Um, I tweeted it out last night. I retweeted Robert Griffin's tweet from a, a story he did on Bajan going back to the draft. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, just enjoy it while it's here. I don't think there's a quarterback controversy. When Fields is healthy, he's going to come back and play. And then at that point, quite frankly, it's up to him because he's going to be the starter. And if he continues to play like he did a few weeks ago with back-to-back really good performances, then he's going to remain the starter. And then if he struggles, then that's where the quarterback controversy starts. So, you know, we'll see if the Bears can pull off a win. If Bajan plays well again, it'll be great. And yes, on Monday morning, every single show including this one to some extent, we'll be talking about a little bit of Bajan versus Fields, but it doesn't necessarily mean there's a controversy until Fields comes back. And then again, it's kind of up to him, but he's not playing this week. So just enjoy whatever Tyson Bajan is able to do. And uh, maybe the Bears can go in LA and get a win against the Chargers. All right, we're out of here. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. You can follow the show at Hogan Johns. Please go to Hogan Johns. Dot com. You can see all our merch. Awesome stuff out there. Um, Joe Johnson from Obvious Shirts. The whole crew over there, Devin, everyone. Appreciate you guys. Do such a good job. Quick turnaround. And uh, they're great partners to work with. So go show them some love, too. Of course, all of our stuff is at HoganJohns.com. It's all courtesy of Obvious Shirts. But you can go to ObviousShirts.com, too, and find all their awesome merch um, for all the teams and even some lifestyle shirts and things like that. They got good stuff as always. So make sure you go show them some love as well. All right, we're out of here. We'll be back on Sunday night, probably late for a, uh, a post game show. Bears chargers. See if the bears can win two in a row. Is that possible? We'll find out. Talk to you then. Is there a preference either way to having the, you know, the hot guy coming from your backside or in front of you? 